More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in our number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Go subscribe to the podcast. Go subscribe to us on uh, on YouTube. If you use any social media platform, you type in Clay Travis, you type in Buck Sexton, and you, my friends, can be well on your way uh, to uh, helping, hopefully, to spread the word on this show. Now, a bit of news out there. The Fed has raised interest rates another quarter of a point. That just happened. Stock market relatively quiet. The more significant thing than the quarter point raise, again, this is the most rapid rise in interest rates we have seen in two generations in 40 years. Uh, More significant than that, at least, is that the Fed said that they anticipate that they will not be raising rates anymore uh, right now. So uh, what that means, we will see how long that could last. But again, the stock market, I would imagine, would react more positively, at least to the idea that the Fed is not going to be raising rates. According to this statement, another quarter point raise, but they are not going to be raising it anymore. Okay. First couple of hours, we have covered a wide variety of topics. Hunter Biden decisions on charging, according to the Washington Post, looming closer and closer. That was a breaking news story. Also a breaking news story. Uh, the Nashville police say they will not be releasing the trans manifesto uh, because of an issue with litigation. Uh, we obviously have been talking a lot about that. And frankly, Buck, You and I are some of the only media outlets that are really hammering on this trans manifesto related story and the fact that it's not being released. The last Tucker Carlson show, which is a good segue here, I was a guest on Friday before Tucker was fired on Monday. Uh, I or removed from his show. He may not technically have been fired. 
Um, I was uh, on, and Tucker wanted to talk about the fact that this manifesto had not been released. And so that was the topic of discussion we had. Over the last, I would say, nine days or so, there have been abundant leaks coming out of Tucker, behind-the-scenes stories, the one today in the New York Times about text messages that Tucker may have sent. Uh, there also have been behind-the-scenes videos of Tucker that were released through Media Matters. All of these things going on that are, in many ways, I believe it's fair to say, designed to make Tucker look bad. I actually think most of the leaks have made Tucker look pretty good. Now, look, I am a Fox News employee. I sold my company, OutKick, as you guys know, two years ago to Fox. In my experience, Fox has been very good to work with. But I also understand that in the grand scheme of things, you never, when you are not the boss, you don't ever get to make all the decisions. And sometimes bosses make decisions and you look at them and you say, I, I don't know. I don't know all the details. I don't know all the reasons that this occurred. Like many of you, I enjoyed being a guest. I also enjoyed watching Tucker's show. And Buck, I've been fired several times. Uh, in media this may shock some of you some of you may be maybe out there like you need to be fired again Travis I hate you uh, but when I started OutKick the reason why I started OutKick was because I had just had the rug yanked out from underneath me I was working at Fan House I loved my job and suddenly I didn't have a job anymore and I know there are a lot of you out there that have small businesses as well and that's what OutKick was when I started it I just made the decision at that point in time, Buck, hey, if I'm going to fail, I want to fail because I made every decision and I made wrong choices. It ended up being a great opportunity for me to start my own business. But unless you are the boss, you serve at the beck and call of your employer and your employer, no matter how good you may be, and I guarantee you there's a lot of you out there listening who have found yourself in this experience you or someone else that you think is really skilled may suddenly lose their job. Rush so, got fired seven times. Yeah. Seven times. So the greatest in the medium in history had seven different people who said, you know, you you can't work here anymore, right? Think so, about that. Seven times. I've been fired several times myself, and so I wanted to control things. And, Buck, I, I know you feel strongly about this, too, because you've been a guest a bunch of times on Tucker, and he's a friend of yours, and you know him well. As these leaks are continuing, yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 it just... Look, here's here's a couple things, a couple things. First of all, I've never been paid a dollar by Fox News, which is, I think, a shock to, when some people hear that because they've seen me going on for years. Fox News has literally never even... They never even, uh, you know, sent me a reimbursement check for, like, taking a cab or something. Yeah. So I've never gotten a single solitary dollar from Fox. Okay. Um, never been an employee, never been a contributor. So here's the first order of business. Where is this stuff coming from? Yes. The Where leaks. are the leaks coming from? What is going on here? Because one thing in the media business is you have to trust. You know, we have on this show something that we're very fortunate. We inherited Russia's team. So we inherited the best in the business, not only in terms of their being really good at what they do, but also proving a loyalty and a trustworthiness to Rush and to his enterprise you know, personally and professionally for, you know, over 20 years in the case of, of everyone who's kind of uh, senior personnel on our show, right? So that that's that's an amazing thing. Because um, anyone in the media, 
knows if you have people around you in your immediate sphere who want to, um, you know, cut what you say off camera out of context, who want to try to get some kind of oppo or compromising material on you based upon off air conversations, you know, it, it's uh, you're you're in a business where we're talking a lot, saying a lot of things that puts you in a precarious position pretty quickly. So first off, where is this stuff coming from? Megyn Kelly has already come out, who was obviously a huge, uh, huge personality herself at Fox News for many years, and she has straight up said that this is coming from Fox. Um, there are other people who are suggesting that there's some sort of mole or even a a hack into the line or something else. But we do want to figure this one out because uh, you, you know you shouldn't have a situation where Tucker has not has not attacked Fox. He has not attacked any Fox personnel. He has not done anything dirty at all in a professional relation to Fox. He has conducted himself like nothing but a gentleman up to this point in time, and I would defy anybody to find any evidence to the contrary, and I would want to hear what that could possibly be. Okay, so the one thing is, where are the leaks coming from? A lot of people have already decided they think this is coming from his former employer, but there are people who say, hold on, we don't know that, so we have to see. All right, then there's the, what are we learning about the leaked information about Tucker Carlson? And for the people that know him from his work, and I think even people that know him from, you know, day-to-day life, they're like, yeah, this is Tucker. He's irreverent. He's funny. He's low-key. He's talented. He's, uh, you know, he's he's off the cuff. And his whole thing is he's willing to say things on air and off air that he believes to be true, that he believes to be self-effacing, and that he believes may get people in trouble for saying who aren't in a position to say it, and he wants to change that. So I don't think there's been any, for, for people who, who watch that show, I don't think there's been any brand damage to Tucker from any of this. Um, it's, it's interesting to see. I think there's even more of a rally, rally around uh, Tucker effect from some of this stuff. And it, it still leaves out there what is going to happen next. But so th- that would be, that's my top line on this. Uh, you're seeing people who are trying to make a big deal of this and trying to suggest that, oh, my gosh, and, like, this is why and whatever. Um, I don't know. Anybody who watches Tucker, who actually, because the people who hate him, right? It's Clay, it's, we see this all the time. Oh, uh, you know, how many people have you heard? Oh, I, I, hated, I hated Rush Limbaugh. He's such a bad guy. And you go, literally, did you ever one time in your entire yeah. life listen to the Rush Limbaugh show? No, but, you know, Al Franken and John Stewart and blah, blah, they said he's terrible. You know, you have so much of that in the media. Not a single person, um, not a single person, I think, who is a Tucker watcher feels like anything other than what happened to our guy? Why isn't he still on the air? And the Tucker that you're seeing is the Tucker that we've all expected and known for years on and off camera. I, th- I think that's the real perception of the people who pay attention to it. I think you get blown up, Buck, when your public persona is different than your private behavior. And I don't think, I, look, I don't think anybody out there who does what we do thinks that it's fair when a off-air mic moment or an off uh, something that is not intended for public consumption that is clearly not intended for public consumption for instance i wouldn't i would be upset if one of our conversations during commercial break uh suddenly gets leaked right not because what we're saying during commercial break is really very much different than what we say on the air but just because I would think, who actually grabbed that and shared it? Like, that is a, a violation. Betrayal. Yeah, it's so, a betrayal. Some, someone here 
unless you believe the the and I don't think I look I think very few people do believe that there's a, a hack or a mole, but there's a betrayal here yeah. of sharing information about somebody who there was a relationship with who um you know had an expectation of some off air privacy because look you could do this everyone listening to this knows this oh you say okay well you know you're an on air person and Tucker was an on air personality so he has to expect all of us my friends can be on air personalities in any job you can be a greeter at Kmart or actually Kmart doesn't exist anymore does it you can be a greeter <laughs> Walmart. at Walmart thank you I was like that would be really tough a greeter at Walmart and one of your colleagues, you know, in the break room pulls out a video of you and decides that they're going to share it online and you're sharing your political thoughts or something. Now, now you know how it feels, right? If you don't know you're being recorded yeah. in that moment, it can happen to absolutely anybody. And I think that there's also a sense here, too, of how many people really believe that they don't say things? Who doesn't say things in private or think about things in private, whether they're talking to family or friends, but, you know, not on air? You know, when we talk about something here, we know it's going to millions of people. Yes. And there's a responsibility with that. This is why we're careful with language, you know, alleged this or don't have evidence or for that. So or so far we know. haven't said a banned word on the air. Right. The, you know, there are expectations for what we say over the microphone that we live by and we understand. But, you know, you're home with with your wife or with, you know, one of your family members or I'm, I'm home with, with my wife and we're having a conversation for someone to intrude on that. Now you could say, oh, but it's going on in the workplace. All right. Yeah, there's levels here. But, I mean, how many of you would even feel comfortable if you found out that your workplace was mic'd up 24-7? You know, everything you say all the time is going to go over to mic. Who doesn't grumble about their job a little bit? Who doesn't have moments where they think leadership? I, I don't know anybody who doesn't think that at some point the people who are signing their checks are making a mistake or whatever. Now, it's insubordinate to go say that to their face, but to share it in what you think is a private moment with somebody and then get blown up over it, which this is another thing that's happened with Tucker um, that I think feels like a, a real violation. Yeah, and what I would say, however, even with understanding all of that, is I also think if our private conversations were leaked in between breaks, for instance, most people would say, yeah, that's basically what I would think Clay and Buck's private conversation would sound like. It sounds like what we say on air just with the occasional curse word, if you really want to know. Yes. And so if that were to happen, I don't think it would actually matter that much. To your point, yes, the fact that it's out there is a betrayal. But what I see in so far the public data and public release from this Tucker situation is it basically solidifies that there's not that much of a difference between Tucker Carlson on air and Tucker Carlson in real life. And to the extent that that is true, no matter who you are as a media figure, that is, I think, what people want more than anything. I think you crave, everyone out there listening right now, desperately authenticity because we live in an inauthentic age. And so you'll forgive Buck or me or anybody else in media if we sometimes get things wrong. What you won't forgive, and I don't blame you because I feel the same way, is if someone is publicly pretending to be one thing and privately they are another. That hypocrisy, that dichotomy, that difference between reality and public performance is what blows people up. And I have not seen any release or leak so far that does anything other than make people who are Tucker fans think, oh, that's why I'm a fan of that. I'd also just say radio as a medium, it's harder to, you know, we, Clay and I have both done all the other stuff out there, TV and everything is still doing TV. Um, it's harder to hide for three hours a day on radio. I can't is. act. You, you can't do it. I it's couldn't just, do it. And this audience knows that. I mean, you all got to know Rush so well over so many years. 
And and it's the same thing when people come up to us who listen to the show every day. You know how we are because on radio, it's just it's too much of a of a trip through the mind of the person talking to you or in our case, minds uh, for three hours every day. You know, inflation has affected everything out there. And look, it's really stubborn right now. For gun owners, the cost of getting the range and buying ammo and training, it's just gone way up. Thankfully, there's a more cost-efficient way to keep your skills sharp. It's called dry fire practice, and you can do it with the Mantis X, a device that attaches to your firearm like a weapon light. You connect that to your smartphone and the Mantis X app. The Mantis X gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique. It's really cool to have the ability to monitor your progress this way. Nearly everyone, I'm talking everyone, of 94% of, of Mantis X users buy the stats Show improvement within 20 minutes of using this device, and it only gets better from there. This product is now being used by U.S. military and special forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. From the front lines of freedom and truth. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. We'll be joined by Raymond Arroyo in just a few minutes here. We're excited about that. And uh, he's going to be here with us in studio in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. 
Um, and uh, we've got a whole a whole lot more to get to with you. I don't even know if we'd mentioned yet that there's a possible false flag assassination attempt against Vladimir Putin that the Kremlin is saying came from Ukraine with a drone strike. There's actually video of it, and everyone's saying, hold on a second, Ukraine trying to fly a drone to a separate of the chance of that working and Ukraine having the capability to pull that off is effectively zero. But the Russians do have a long and established history of false flag operations to justify massive military, um, well, crackdown slash uh, acceleration. Uh, but we got a bunch of calls, too. Ann in Kentucky wants to weigh in on the Tucker situation. Ann, what's going on? Hi there. Just glad to call and say me and my friends are sick and tired of Fox cutting out Tucker Carlson. And we've decided to boycott it. And uh, Tucker was the very best they had. He was always upbeat, laughing, silly laugh. And he was always telling us things and discussing things that we hadn't heard all day long on every other show on Fox. That's what made him special. He was the very best. And we appreciate you calling and sharing that with us. Uh, I just say, you know, one way you can always gauge uh, Clay the effectiveness of a conservative personality is who does the left hate the most and target the most in politics it's donald trump in media for the last few years on the right um you know tucker was at the very top of the list of who the left-wing attack brigades were going after i don't think there's any doubt that tucker was aggressively attacked i would say more than anybody else in media period and um but that attack also creates a lot of uh, a lot of loyalty from his fan base which is why on monday when this news broke i said i think tucker's got an incredible opportunity here with a lot of different uh different directions he can go with his career and i think he's going to be pretty successful no matter where he ends up going forward so we'll have to see and Ann, obviously, will be following him wherever he goes. Uh, My Pillows extended their massive closeout sale on the popular My Slippers product into May. You can get a $25 price on a pair of those incredibly comfortable slippers right now. May go down in history. Second most popular product in company history. Look, you can get them right now for just $25. Regular price, $149.98. Now, you're limited to just 10 pairs at checkout. My wife has already gone. I know, Raymond Arroyo here in studio with us. But he's disappointed. He wanted to buy 20. My wife has already gone and bought 10 pairs. You can go and get your own at MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square. You can grab a pair of these all-season slippers for $25 or 10 for $250. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are here in the Nashville studio, and we are joined now by Raymond Arroyo. Uh, Let me just mention this as we bring in Raymond. House Oversight Committee says an FBI whistleblower has provided evidence that Joe Biden, as vice president, was accepting payouts from foreign nationals in exchange for policy decisions. That coming down from the House Oversight Committee 
in the last 15 minutes. We'll see where exactly it goes, but I just want to let everybody that know that that's going on. Raymond, you are in town here in Nashville where Buck and I are doing the show, and I was just flipping through. This is really cool. You have written a kid's book, and it's called The Unexpected Light of Thomas Alva Edison, and it's about struggles and when Edison was a young kid. Yeah. Um, it's really a cool story. Well, it's a story I didn't know anything about. I stumbled across a quote from Edison in one of these big doorstop biographies we never read. And in the back, it says, my mother was the making of me. If not for her devotion and faith in me at a certain time, I would never have become an inventor. Edison said that to multiple interviewers at the end of his life. And I thought, wait a minute, who is this mother and why haven't I ever heard of her? Well, when I started digging, I realized Edison at eight years old was thrown out of school the schoolmaster said he's an idiot and can't be taught. His father said he was a dunce because he was a very withdrawn child, probably had ADHD. We know he was deaf by 12, but his mother had belief in him, saw the curiosity, took him home and homeschooled him. I frankly don't know why Edison today isn't the patron saint of homeschooling because look at what this guy created. That was the end of his formal schooling with his mother. And she allowed him to do something we should remember with our own kids and that I discovered through writing this book. A child learns with their eyes and their head, yes, but most importantly, with their hands and their feet. Edison learned both ways. He absorbed the theory of electricity and the science of the time. Then he tinkered and he played and he pulled and he changed and he played with the the challenges before him. And he often said, giving up is the worst weakness in American life giving up. He never gave up. And that's why he was allowed and uh, able to create the phonograph and the microphones we're talking on, uh, the the telegraph receptors, alkaline batteries, things we take for granted. The first motion picture camera, all of this, was Thomas Alva Edison. And I call this a turnabout tale. It's the first book in this series because we all face obstacles. We all face these huge challenges. And in the case of Edison, and in our lives, the obstacle is not the end of your journey. It's the portal to your future and your destiny, if you make the right decision in it. And he and his mother made the right decision when he was thrown out of school at eight. The book is The Unexpected Light of Thomas Alva Edison. Raymond Arroyo, the author, he's with us here now in studio. You were just mentioning um, off, we were talking about off mic before, yeah. a betrayal. Be careful of off mic now. But, but you, were just, you were mentioning before how cool it is to go and see some of the great edison historic locations yeah i, mean, I always think it's fun for us so I, I like to nerd out with that stuff i know i know i'm gonna have negotiations with my my wife going forward <laughs> about because i want i'm like let's go to malta she's like why do you want to go to malta i'm like because i want to see the siege fortifications right. obviously but you know also good food and pretty stuff <laughs> but it sounds like this is a thing i mean this is obviously a book you're gearing toward younger younger readers and parents can get family reads fa- family family reads, reads. I mean. right but but also family visits. What are some of the the great locations? Because I feel well, you mentioned the, the being able to feel the stuff, yeah. to see and touch and feel some of what Edison's life was uh, would be really interesting. Well, Buck, as a writer, nothing fills you more and puts you in the moment than going to those places. So I went to all of them. And by the way, there's the retirement home or the summer home of Edison that Henry Ford and he shared in Fort Myers, which is really cool. And they have a chemistry lab, the private. I, which I you took saw. my kids there. Yeah, uh, I took my kids. We were just in Fort Myers last week. It is uh, the winter home of Edison. Right. The 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 vegetation, you know, he, pl- he planted you know these these trees from all over the world. 
and the labs are there. It's a really cool thing if you're down in the South Florida area and you're looking for something a little bit educational that your kids would also enjoy. It's pretty yeah. fantastic. And there. the West Orange facility, the Edison Labs there, this is the lab he built. And that's where light bulbs were produced. He refined the phonograph there. He recorded hundreds of artists on the second floor for his own record label. By the way, we're here in Music City. The guy who created music, recorded music, is Edison. He had his first record label. Hundreds of artists and orchestras went up there. Here's the cool thing. You can't see it. It's not on display, but I've seen it at other places. He attached a piece of wood to the bottom of the phonograph, and he would bite down on that piece of wood because he was deaf. That's how he heard the music that was recorded. You can see, though, that music room with the big horn that he listened to music on there. It is untouched since 1931 when he died. So to walk through that is really to touch American innovation, American know-how, American stick-to-itiveness. And that's what the story of the unexpected light of Thomas Alva Edison touches for me. But when I talk to kids, so many kids with ADHD or learning difficulties, they say, well, I can't do this, or I, I, I don't learn the way my friends do. Neither did Edison. And he was the greatest innovator of the time. And that's all I want kids to take away. If they just take that, and if parents realize you have a huge responsibility to nurture the light within that child, that's what Nancy Edison did. And we're still basking in the glow of what Edison gave us. In fact, right now. Literally, literally yes. basking yeah. in, in, and the, in the And communicating via the microphone he created. Now, I have to ask, I know this isn't, I would, I would assume, in the, in the scope of, of the book, but how do you break down, because you've done all this research into Edison, and by the way, the You're not going to bring up Tesla, the, are you, Buck? You know I'm going to Tesla right <laughs> you now. You and everybody else, bring up Team Tesla. Tesla versus Team Edison, okay. AC, DC, you know, the experiments and all this stuff. You seem very, I don't know, man. It's just like Alabama Auburn. Yeah. Right? No, very... to Buck's point, when I tweeted that I was at the Fort, uh, Fort Myers Edison place, and I think I put up a picture of all it. The Tesla, the Tesla hey, people, the Tesla people. also people. jumped oh, no. in the comments. It, the Tesla I know. Right. Well, I'm going to set, let me set the record straight. Yes. First of all, I'm dealing with young yeah, Thomas Alabama. Yeah. Right. Tesla wasn't even born when this happened, okay? But, This is an important lesson here that young people and families can gather. However, let me settle. Now, some of you Tesla people are going to get upset with me. But look, Musk already gave Tesla his due. Okay. Yes. Tesla was hired by Thomas Alva Edison, who we should say long before Tesla came around or anybody even knew who the hell Tesla was. Thomas Alva Edison was an international name. He had an office. He was so big, he had an office in Paris that was developing an electrical grid, and he hired an engineer by the name of Tesla to come work for him. He paid Tesla to refine the dynamo, which he did, and... Tesla said he didn't pay me as much as I was entitled to. Well, I might think my employer's not yeah, paying me enough yeah. either. Join the club. But, yeah, but you're an employee. You're putting your work in. And so Tesla went off in a huff. He banded together with Westinghouse, George Westinghouse, and together they challenged Thomas Edison's direct current as opposed to alternating current. Well, he won. Tesla won the war. The current war was won by Tesla. But George Westinghouse Put the screws to Tesla. So go throw nasty comments at Westinghouse. (laughs) Edison was a guy who hired Tesla. And yes, Edison at times could pirate technology and refine it and then patent it himself. There's no talking that away. But I'm sorry. 
Tesla did not give Edison every invention that he is this known is for like, today. This kind of mirrors for me a little bit some of our callers with the Trump DeSantis thing of like, oh, where yeah. would he be without right. Trump's endorsement? <laughs> and, you know, so Edison, Tesla feels like that a little bit. Well, right. people like these teams, you know, whether it's Twilight or a football game, they somehow, everybody's got to choose a team. Take the good from both of the men. They were both incredible inventors. But Edison, the, the, the lasting nature of what Edison created is really unmatched. So incredible. Sounds like a fantastic book. I think you're doing signings, right? I am. I'm doing signings. In fact, I'm at the Barnes & Noble Cool Springs on Saturday morning in Nashville, in Brentwood, yep. uh, near you. Yeah, that's uh, right. At 11 a.m. on Saturday. I hope people will come out. I'll be signing and talking. And please, we're only going to have a, a very limited Tesla mud wrestling match. <laughs> I was going to say, the, the Tesla stands are <laughs> going to show small. up with their Tesla T-shirts and their electric vehicles. And, you know, 11 a.m. Central here in Brentwood if you uh, on Saturday, if you're in this area. Cool Springs, BNN. And by the way, you know who created the first electric car ever devised? I would assume it would our, be our buddy Edison. Thomas Edison. He was friends with, with Henry Ford. He said, I can do an electric version of this. He did it. Henry Ford said... It's too much to replicate these batteries. No, we're not going to do it. And canned, killed the electric car. That's how far-reaching this guy was. And he was a tinkerer. He wasn't even a learned guy. He was a workman, a craftsman, and um, and and deliberate about yeah. creation. It's like the Leonardo da Vinci of West Orange, New Jersey. You got it. The there Wizard of Menlo Park. All righty. You know, friends, when it comes to finding the right Mother's Day gift, there's all kinds of ways you can go. The important thing is that the gift you choose comes with some thought behind it. Let's face it, anyone can hop online and just get flowers or something like that, right? But you want something that shows a little bit of extra thought and something that's going to last for a long time. We're encouraging you to do something sentimental this Mother's Day. Get in touch with our friends at Legacy Box. This is the Tennessee-based company that digitally preserves family memories so they last forever. Home videos shot on old-school camcorders, Super 8 film, old photos and slides, even old audio cassette tapes can be digitally transferred. That way you can always see, hear, and share them with family just with the touch of a button on your phone. Who will enjoy revisiting all those memories more than mom, by the way? You know mom's going to love it. Sign up with Legacy Box today. Have them send you one of their specially made shipping boxes. You and mom fill it with the videotapes and photos you want saved forever. You ship it to Legacy Box's team of specially trained technicians who treat your memories as if they were their own. In several weeks, you get your stuff back along with the digital files, and they communicate with you every step of the process so you know just how it's going. Go now. Check it out. Go to LegacyBox.com slash buck for their best Mother's Day sale ever, 60% off their regular prices legacybox.com slash buck is the website it's a great mother's day gift trust me on this one and it's 60 percent off download and use the new clay and buck app listen to the program live catch up on any part of the show you might have missed use your cnb 24 7 subscription to get access to the guys find the clay and buck app in your app store and make it part of your day i'm jack armstrong he's joe getty we're the armstrong and getty show we cover the stories the mainstream media ignores stories that are important to your life and important to the world the election of course the many trials of donald trump couple of wars gender bending madness why are kids looking at so much social media and we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on but we do it without the left-wing media spin listen Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are closing up shop here today on the Clay and Buck Show. If you missed any part of us, please go uh, check out the podcast of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show on the iHeart app. Best place to go for it. Uh, but you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, the iHeart app, totally free. You can listen there and highly recommend you do. Um we had uh, we had a, a few things that we touched on today that I'm sure we're going to return to tomorrow, um, and and I think it's interesting, you know the uh, <laughs> the bank and uh, economic situation right now is something we're going to focus in on a little bit more because it is getting rough out there. Clay mentioned that the Fed has raised uh, interest rates again today. Here is the former FDIC chair, Sheila Bayer, who is saying, look, they can't keep doing this. And so given that reality, it feels like they better hope inflation starts coming down a whole lot more or else what do we do next? Play uh, 15 here. I do think they're going too fast. I'm a hawk on inflation. They can only go so fast. You know, it was 14 years, mostly uh, near zero interest rates. Significant inflation, you can't reverse that overnight, and it's better to hold a steady course and hit pause, assess, and keep ratcheting up these interest rate increases. Yeah, you're right. I think I have no doubt they're going to raise by 25 basis points, but at least maybe they can signal that now they will be hitting pause. I I hope they do, because the pace uh, that they're doing this is unsustainable, and I fear later on they're going to have to start lowering rates, which is is not going to be a good thing either. So... You know, raising them is a problem. Lowering them, you know, the the real problem, Clay, as we've discussed, is spending too much money. Um, that's really the the root of all of this of the bad decision making is the federal government deciding to spend more money than it should on things. In some cases, it shouldn't be spending any money on. But also, overall, this has effects on the banking system. We played South Park 
uh, earlier in the week with the macho man Randy Savage and the whole issue of women. One of the great yeah, South Park clips in, of all time. In, uh, <laughs> I'm not here to talk about my transition. <laughs> anyway, um, one of the one of the great South Park moments. Here's another South Park throwback. Uh, this is from 2009 when Stan goes into a bank and deposits money and realizes, wait a second. You mean the money is not actually there after I deposit it? Play 11. How can I help you, young man? I got a $100 check from my grandma, and my dad said I need to put it in the bank so it can grow over the years. Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. We can put that check in a money market mutual fund. Then we'll reinvest the earnings into foreign currency accounts with compounding interest, and it's gone. Uh, what? It's gone. It's all gone. What's all gone? The money in your account. It didn't do too well. It's gone. What do you mean? I, I have a hundred dollars. Not anymore. You don't. Poof. <laughs> I mean, that's you know when you're looking at people that are concerned about what happens if you have bank failures, Clay. Well, it's either poof, it's gone, or the federal government says, "Well, we're just going to put money back into those accounts." You start to realize money is a perception in many ways. Money is computers and numbers on screens. Ninety percent of money, United States dollars, doesn't physically exist. That blows some people's minds, but to your point on it's moving across computer screens, only 10% of the dollars that exist in the world are physically incarnate in the dollars, which is, which is wild to think about. And I just, I'm going to keep hammering this because I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about it. The commercial real estate market is in trouble and so many people out there right now i hope that this is the end of the fed's raise i'm not certain that it is because really this is all determined on whether inflation is going to come back down but it's not only that we've gotten now up to roughly five and a quarter point raise the 40 year high for the rapidity with which we have raised so many of you out there listening to us right now have mortgages which are way below what the mortgage rate would be now and you're saying, hey, maybe you got a new kid. Maybe you'd like to move into a different school district. Maybe you want to move closer to where you're working. But a lot of you right now are saying, hey, I'm at three and a half percent. Why would I move and take on a six and a half percent mortgage? I think the degree to which so many people are locked in is an issue. And then on the financing level, I can just tell you, a lot of this commercial real estate, when they papered it two years ago, it was based on there being access to 2 and 3% interest rates, and now you're talking about 6 and 7%. And a lot of those deals don't work on the paper when you get to 6 or 7. So I think there's still a lot of pain coming, Buck, and I'll be very surprised, frankly. We were talking earlier about Joe Biden and the dangers of his reelection and the challenges there. I'll be very surprised if we're not officially in a recession at some point in the next year, even them having to acknowledge that we're in a recession. And we all know what they'll do. They'll blame Donald Trump for it. Somehow, of course. Because they'll say it's Trump's fault. Yeah. And so Trump can't solve it by being president because Trump caused the recession in the third year of the Biden presidency somehow. The shamelessness when you hear it in advance sounds impossible, but we are dealing with Democrats after all. So is there really such a thing as shame? Team, thanks for rolling with us today. Really appreciate you uh, giving us your time, as always. Uh, Clay and I, if you, if you see a couple of guys with guitars out on Broadway here in Nashville, passing the hat, singing some tunes, 
Well, it's not us, but we may be there. <laughs> we may be there saying hi to everybody. So come over and say what's up. And uh, thanks for hanging with us as always. And tomorrow we got Kaylee McEnany on, friend of ours. That's going to be great. She's got a new book out. And uh, it's going to be a very strong show, Clay. That much I can predict. No doubt. Release the manifesto. Put the pressure on. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.